goodness. Travis Crim. The wait is finally over. The final four is here. After months of talking about it, it's finally here. You and I will be in Minneapolis with Jim Nance and company as we watch the final four. Travis Crins joining uh, yours truly, Nathan Stack, and on this Sports Block podcast, the podcast before the final four. Crins finally here. Finally here. So we wanted Auburn, Virginia. We wanted <laughs> Michigan State, Texas Tech. That's what we all have to think. My God, we're gonna get it. Yes, we'll have plenty, uh, plenty to break down on the Final Four. Obviously, we're all disappointed that we will not be able to see Zion Williamson and Duke. The one year that we actually cheer for Duke, the one year we want to see Duke, uh, we will not get it. We'll get into that though here. Uh, momentarily. First off, though, last week we talked about T.J. Otzelberger leaving South Dakota State for UNLV. Uh, that deal ended up getting done shortly after uh, we recorded. And now we're talking about an- this week another Jackrabbit is leaving, or I mean, 99.9% chance that he's leaving, and that would be David Jenkins Jr., the uh one of the the best player currently on the who was the best player currently on the SDSU roster headed into this upcoming season here with Mike Dom leaving of course he was going to be the guy but uh, certainly once TJ Otzelberger left for UNLV uh, that was kind of the speculation began that David Jenkins would be leaving with him. Now, T.J. Otzelberger told all his players and coaches, like, hey, you know what, don't follow me to UNLV. At least he told the players, don't follow me to UNLV. Well, Keep your commitment and everything like that. And uh, not that David Jenkins will be he, going to – yeah? He can't really tell them, come to Las Vegas with me, at least publicly. He can't really say, uh, yes, David Jenkins, please come here. Right. Like, he, he can't really say that. So, right. of course, he's going somewhere. Yep. Um – but now, uh, so that was nice. And then, of course, the Jackrabbits named a uh, coach very quickly, Eric Henderson. Uh, let me, right? Is that, uh, yep, uh, who was on the the staff uh, of T.J. Otzelberger's there at SDSU. So uh, SDSU AD, Justin Sell, really named a, a coach quickly. And I have to think that was in part to keep the recruits that they have for next year and maybe – Keep Jenkins. Uh, now you had posted something on uh, about uh, the report ran what, what through the one of the radio stations down in Sioux Falls that uh, people were in the meeting, I believe, including Jenkins, about uh, naming uh, Mr. Henderson the head coach. Well, if this is uh, the athletic director's plan was to name a coach like literally in twelve hours or in a couple days after he found out. Otzelberger was leaving to save the recruits. Uh, well, that, that plan seemed to have failed. Because Jenkins is leaving, and uh, Caleb Grill, like the biggest recruit they've ever had, is also leaving. So they're not, those are the two guys, everybody else doesn't really matter. So, I mean, obviously, I want to like a Tim Miles, and that was probably unrealistic. Um, I thought a Saul Phillips was realistic. Yep. I would have preferred Saul Phillips. Uh, I would have made sense coming from what uh, a max school uh, salary was much more attainable than say the you know almost two and a half million that Jim Miles had from 
uh, Nebraska. So, um, like a Joe Krabinoff, young guy from Sioux Falls. He was at SDSU and I was at Wisconsin. Someone like that is what I would have preferred. This guy, he's fine. He'll do fine, I'm sure. They got to commit some from Iowa Community College, some guy who was at UND uh, the year before. As a freshman, looked to be pretty decent. Um, came off the bench, played. Well, 15 minutes a game, he had uh, six games where he had double digits, and he had one game where he had 19 points. So, seems to be a three-point shooter. So, like, uh, he should be fine, this uh, new guy they have coming in. So, um, obviously, what they're, basically, their four best players won't be back. I still think they'll be fine. Um, and some of these are very good. I think they'll be in the top four, or you like North Dakota State, but if they're good, I mean, other than that, I don't see why SDSU can't be the second best team in, in the conference. Conchar's not there. Um, it doesn't take much to be your Omaha, see how good they are. But it doesn't take much to be a top four team. And of course, they have the home court, and uh, we'll see who they bring in because they've got plenty of open spots now bring some folks in if a couple guys are leaving so I think they'll be fine without all these guys that are leaving I, I had not heard about Caleb Grill that certainly sucks um, he, uh, he visited Kansas State yesterday and Texas Tech is in the mix so I see Iowa I State and Illinois potentially as well yeah he, he should probably go to a Big 12 school if Big 12 schools are knocked at the door I would probably surpass uh, UNLV and Jenkins, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where Jenkins goes if he goes to Las Vegas as well, or or if he wants to go to a big boy school. We'll yep. see. Um, yeah, and that was the main one. The guy that I was talking about was David Jenkins uh, leaving. Yep. Uh, he says that SDSU, he still could return to SDSU, though that seems very unlikely. I was in a conver- uh, in a group or a, a group text with uh, with Marcus and Will Rotler and uh, and. Uh, Jacob, Jane Coop. Jane Coop. Uh, J- Jacob. Oh my God! I, I, uh, let, Shane Coop. Let me apologize first off. Jacob. Oh my God! I'm very tired. Uh, Noah has had a fever uh, for like the majority of the last week. He doesn't sleep. I am very sleep deprived. So this trip, this final four trip, will at least provide me hopefully some rest. Uh, rumors are Shane Coop will meet with him. This weekend. Good, good. So uh, we can mend the fences after I called him out today. Anyway, so we were talking this very early Tuesday morning about yeah, like leaving. So I want to make sure I articulate this right okay. away. So there's no uh, misconfusion. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard your take on this. And, uh, well, yep. Yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Yep. So I, my main point remains the same, but it's how I get it across. Now, David Jenkins is fully. Um, uh, like I, I respect his decision. He has every right to reopen his recruiting process um, because if a coach can just up and leave, players should be able to as well. Um, they shouldn't be. Ha- they while it would be nice to see them stay through their commitment um, and their scholarship, or be able to transfer without sitting out a year. That yeah. would be nice. Yep. You know what? It is their right. Since the coach left, if you can leave, if the coach can leave for a better situation, if the player feels so inclined, they can as well. However, I f- I thought that things were on a fairly good um, 
at a fairly good level or a fairly good spot, you know, with with the with the new head coach and of course Mike Dom when he, when he signs off on it, I thought maybe that helped a little bit. Jenkins was in the meeting as well when that happened, so that certainly helped. So let me just point just say this. Obviously that again, he has every right and I think that's the majority of the you know, the guy that had recruited him no longer there, so he wants to leave. But part of me feels like that Jenkins realizes that he is not going to have the same effect, put up the same numbers, the same uh, you know points per game, the shooting percentage, and everything without Mike Dom there. Mike Dom was able to create a lot of space on the floor. Every you know teams focused on Mike on stopping Mike Dom before they did on Mike Jenkins, and Jenkins took advantage of that, and so. With Dom leaving, Jenkins would be the guy, and teams would focus on stopping him. So I'm wondering if Jenkins, in part, looked at that and said, I want to go someplace where I can continue to do what I've done each of the past two years, jack up a lot of shots, you know, put up a lot of shots, score a bunch of points, and have this this big guy on the team, a good big man there that's able to open up space and attract opposing defenses away from me and onto him. And so that in part leads me to say, like, I said, like, he wants to be the guy. Like, maybe he doesn't want to be the guy. Maybe he wants to be a Robin instead of a Batman. And that's, I, I didn't articulate the fact that right away of him maybe wanting to go someplace that has a, a another big man that'll give him the opportunity to do what he's done each of the last two years. Um, instead of being the guy and maybe not up for the challenge. So that's that's what I I'm not saying that is the reason, but I think it could be in part like he's why he wants to look somewhere to be able to keep doing exactly what he's doing and not see a dip in his game. Is that at all a logical re, uh, or sound reasoning or a, a possibility? He's leaving because the coach left. Right. Like, if the coach stays, he's there. So he's leaving because of the coach. And if he, I think we agree that if he would have stayed at SDSU, uh, probably that's the tournament once, one more time. Yep. Uh, probably would have won at least player of the year at least once, if not twice. He's that good. He's probably, yep. I don't know, no worse than the third best player in the conference right now. Yep. Dom and Conchar and they, they left yep he had all the shots that he ever could have wanted he probably would average 25 a game he probably you know he, he surpassed Walters for points he probably would have finished second all time uh, in points behind Dom it's full history conference player of the year I think he could have passed him I think he would have been another 3,000 point score and he still could be so well, I think wherever he goes I don't think he'll you know, I don't think he'll be the best player on that team. Um, apparently, reading this, he has received interest from TCU, Gonzaga, UNLV, Cincinnati, Colorado, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Nevada, Seattle, Montana, Washington State, Butler, Santa Barbara, Memphis, Arizona, and Kansas. Some uh, not-so-good schools, some Final Four-type schools, like yep. Arizona and Kansas and Gonzaga. So, 
and Memphis. Memphis is going to be a Final Four team next year. I'm already yeah. putting them in in the mix there. So if, if he can go to to one of those schools, I, I don't blame him for that. If he's going to UNLV, then I'm like, okay, I question that. If you want to go okay. for the coach, I guess. If the coach is that big of a deal, okay. But if he can go to Gonzaga, I mean, as far as he's from Washington, yep. so that would make sense. Yep. Go to Gonzaga. Washington State's not very good. But if you can go to a Butler, I mean, if you can go to a Kansas or an Arizona, uh, or Memphis, if you go there, like, uh, I think he thinks a lot of himself. My, uned- my uneducated opinion is I think he thinks, I think he's his biggest fan. Uh, he likes to retweet a lot of stuff. Uh, like, if, if you want a quick uh, like on Twitter, just mention uh, something positive and take Jenkins, and you'll get a like from Jenkins. Mm-hmm. So he, he's a big fan of, of himself, I think. I think he wants to be the guy and get a lot of shots, but if he can go somewhere else and a little more high profile, and as great as Dom was, it's no guarantee that he, he might not even get drafted. So we'll have to see what happens. But you know, uh, Initially, he thought he'd leave, and then it came out, well, maybe he won't leave. The coach said, oh, I wouldn't, you know, and kind of left it open-ended that I see no reason why at this time he wouldn't. It's kind of a bullshit reason of saying, you know, what he said. Mm-hmm. So, if he wants to go somewhere, that's fine, but just make sure it's, like, Mooney. Mooney went to Texas Tech, and now we're going to see him Saturday. Yep. Like, that was a plus. He couldn't have gone anywhere else that was any better. Right. And he's, he's done fine. He's averaging, what, eight points a game or whatever he's averaging. And he, he's playing. So, um, good for him and if Jenkins, uh, if he can go somewhere, um, you know, he averaged 20 points this year, he could be, he's going to average 25 yep. player of the year in the summer league. So. And, and again, I'm not saying that that's the majority of the reason why he would leave is because Dom's not there and maybe his stats won't go up. But I'm saying that's a, I think that plays a slight role in all of this, perhaps, um, I think it is plausible. I have no, I have no idea if that is the case, but I am what just something tells me in my gut, and my gut is often wrong here. So take it for what it's worth. But I just think that there is something to be said about you know, like maybe there is you know something going on with how he he knows that. In order for his game to be at maximum capacity, he needs that big guy in there to really help out. Maybe, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, obviously, he's leaving because of the coach. And if he can get out now while the getting good, he goes to some you know, Big Ten or Big 12 school or some major counseling school, then, then good for him. Yeah. So, okay, that, that was just my thought. Again, he has every right to do this, you know, since Coach Otzelberger left, he he can go wherever he wants, and of course, Coach leaving is the main reason, but I wondered, I just wondered if there was maybe some other um, means like, of you know, why wouldn't he stay? Especially if you have the head coach who was the assistant. It's not like someone completely brand new is coming in. So it just, it's just interesting um, to me, or it, just, it was just a thought. So, Again, I I'm, I know my it's not a a welcome take or a, a certainly a popular one, but uh, just something nonetheless that I think it might have some influence on his decision. Some, not a lot. I have never said it was a majority of the decision, but like, in if part. If you just want to know know the rumors with Jenkins, just go to his Twitter. 
and click on his 20,000 likes. He, he will like anything that mentions his name. So if you want to know what schools he's thinking about or what schools are looking at him, all you have to do is go to the Jenkins Twitter page and and look at his likes because he'll like everything. This has nothing to do with SDSU, but I'm just scrolling through here, and SportsCenter posted something on Facebook about the new tight end crown now that uh, um, Gronk retired goes to, and Kyle Rudolph's picture is on here. Yeah, that was a bad choice. What in the hell is this? Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey are good. Great, or George Kittle is a good tight end, and Zach Rudolph, or Zach Rudolph, oh my God, what is going on with me, Corinne? I told you, sleep deprivation. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph. Um, just stop with Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey. Get this other guy. Uh, I mean, I like Kyle Rudolph, but no way. Not a chance. Anyway, um, so that's that. Uh, women, their season is done. They lose in the Sweet 16 to Oregon. Uh they could not have shot worse from the floor. And I think if they shoot 30% for the game, they beat Oregon. They shot, what, 23 24%, something like that? It was not good, but they only lost by 10. So uh, 63-53, Oregon is actually going on to the Final Four because they beat Mississippi State in the Elite Eight. So congrats to Sabrina Ionescu and the Ducks. But... um. Certainly, I think SDSU would love to have that game back because so, they could have shot a little bit better. But overall, I mean, to play the Ducks as close and as, as hard as they did, and I mean, because that's a, a raucous atmosphere there with 10,000 Ducks fans quacking along. Um, overall, I don't think we can be, we can't be disappointed with how this season turned out for Sweet 16 and in program history. It's just, you would have liked to see them be able to have a little more offensive firepower in the the final game it makes you wonder what if but at the same time they you know what it, it's hard to say you, you can't be disappointed with how this t- ended up best season they've ever had uh, absolutely first five minutes of that game at approximately 11 o'clock at night watching the Saturday game <laughs> you watch the first five minutes you're like alright this is a winnable game this is a game they can win and halftime was like a nine-point lead, and they went on that run late first half, early second. They got up to a 15-point lead. And they came back and made it a 10-point game at the end. Shot terribly. Defense was good. Mm-hmm. You were told me, Stack, and you were told both of us, uh, Oregon's going to score 63 points. What do you think happens? I said, shit, SDSU's going to run that game. Yeah. If Oregon's only scoring 63, mm-hmm. I guess they'll that many. So that didn't happen. Their length was an issue... Even, even uh, I mean, layups, even the layups that weren't contested, they just couldn't make any shots. Three-pointers that were open, they couldn't make any shots. It was a struggle. The number, of missed, the number of missed layups in that game is just staggering. And I thought early on, I got I get what they were trying to do. Obviously, they, they have to try and stretch the defense. They can't just shoot threes all day game long but trying to go inside against that length that Oregon had and just get shot you know you know blocks shot after blocks shot I didn't think that that was necessarily the best game plan I understand what they were trying to do but um yeah I mean in the end like in the second quarter you gotta be able to make some layups use the glass do something I mean they it, they just would not fall for them and they out rebounded Oregon 
So that was quite unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And there's easily five shots. You could look at that game that could pick out, and you're like, well, just make five shots, and you win the game. So if you play well and you lose to a Final Four team, then oh, well, you played well. They're just better. But when you don't play well, if they were to play bad, they win the game. They played their worst, second-worst game. They played their worst offensive game of the year. And they still lost by 10. So we talked about last week how they're like a top-20 team. Like, they're very close. Yep. I mean, they they played Baylor. Baylor's trying to go Baylor-Notre Dame. Probably going to be the national title game. Baylor-Connecticut, mm-hmm. that one's going to be. Um, Baylor... Baylor's a uh, championship team and they played them early on in the year at a neutral court and Baylor was ahead by two points with 20 seconds to go. Yeah. And they played Oregon basically in Oregon lost by 10. They were like a 15 point favorite probably. And they played them at home and or they lost by eight. It was a two point game with 50 seconds to go. So uh, SDSU played two of the final four teams, and they were within two points of both of those teams. Uh, one with 20 seconds to go, one with 50 seconds to go. So, when you say they're a top 20 team, yeah, they are. I don't say borderline top 10, but they've come very close to beating final four teams, and that teams don't do that. So, yeah. The. Obviously, they're going to take a slight step back next year with no Macy Miller, no Madison Giebert. Uh, dare I say, I mean, that, I mean, that may be the best senior combo that SDSU has had at the D1 level. Is that uh, a stretch to say? That would be accurate. That's the best uh, two players that ever had play with each other. Yep. That's so, obviously going to take a step back, but... You can get some of these. Obviously, they'll keep getting the good recruits coming in from Minnesota, from South Dakota. Uh, Dave Pash mentioned that they had a, a high majority of their roster are ladies from South Dakota. That's a huge feather in the cap of uh, AJ, uh, Coach Johnston, to be able to get these recruits. But you get them from Minnesota, they'll be just fine. They're not going to take a seat back. And now... You know, Dave Pash did a very good job throughout the game. I thought the the color analyst did a, a good job of not screwing up South Dakota State. Um, the crew uh, back in Bristol, they did not. The lady, especially not um, not Maria Taylor, but uh, the other one there, um, she struggled mightily. And then. Uh, you have other people at the at the four letter network ESPN who want to just I don't know I, I just don't understand how it's so difficult to do South Dakota State and not Dakota State Dakota State's a new one I will admit Dakota State is a new one normally it's South Dakota normally it's San Diego State like do they, do they call them Carolina State do they call them North Carolina State Carolina State No I don't no. think so I don't think so at all No. They don't call Oklahoma State Oklahoma. They don't call Florida State Florida. They, I, I, if I saw TTU, if I saw TTU, I don't, uh, and I was in uh, Tennessee, I don't think I would be calling Tennessee Tech, Texas Tech. I wouldn't be making that mistake during the game. No. But we had what the, uh, what's his name? 
Roush from South Dakota. He works in what, Washington, some Washington paper. Chuck Roush. Okay. Really, we had him on the radio show back in the day. Yep. Because he, he penned phone. something about, you know, it's not... Yes. South Dakota, seven so. or eight years ago. Seven or eight years ago, he wrote a column about the name thing. I thought we were. I thought we were passing. So I'm like, all right. Football team's pretty good. Basketball team's in the tournament every year. Women are good. But no, it's just going to keep continuing to happen. Then that Twitter exchange that was with Sarah Spain. Yep. Yeah, I like her, but goddamn. Yeah, I I, I. I don't know why. It's not like San Diego State is. Their men's team was good a few years ago. They haven't been relevant in a while. I, I assume their women's team is not any of any note. Their football team is usually pretty good and ranked. I, I will just say SDSU's women's basketball team is better than San Diego State's. South Dakota State's team is, is much better and more relevant than San Diego State's women's basketball. Like, I don't know why this... It's not like San Diego State is like, you know, like they're, a Duke or Carolina. They're, or they're by no means or, a powerhouse. I don't know because it's not. Because you say SDSU, I assume they're only going to think San Diego State. But for Christ's sake, they're not anything on the national level, right? I don't know if it's going to take like it, them getting like a Hall of Fame player, or this doesn't happen with North Dakota State. They don't call them North Dakota. They get their Bison thing wrong, but that's because they're fuckers for the way they pronounce it in the first place. <laughs> I don't get it. They've been very good at basketball now for a decade. Yep. Dakota State and South Dakota, uh, the, the one Oregon, the big Oregon player, press conference before the game, called them South Dakota. It angers everybody, including us. They're just dumb. They can't figure it out. Sweeter, Sweeter's lasting uh, uh, tombstone at SDSU is his game notes. They're selling the game notes now of... This is what you call us. You call us this. Well, it, you don't call us. You don't call us South Dakota. Uh, you don't do. You, you don't call them the Lady Jackrabbits. I saw that on KDOP on their Facebook. I had to say they're not the Lady Jackrabbits. They're just the Jackrabbits. Yep. And one lady's like, "Well, how do you call? Oh, you gotta call them the Lady Jackrabbits, or else we won't know." Like, no, we know. The men haven't been playing for two weeks. They're done. <laughs> if you say the Jackrabbits advance to the Sweet Sixteen, there's no. Confusion of what fucking team I'm talking about. <laughs> How about the women's team? Because the men's team didn't make the tournament. You said the Jackrabbits with the ladies. Some schools call them the Lady Bears or the Lady of this, Lady that. This is not one of those schools. It's called SDSU. It's called South Dakota State. They call their teams the Jackrabbits. It's not, a, it's not a rabbit named Jack. It's fucking rabbits. The Jackrabbits. Type of rabbits. Uh, well, I thought the sideline reporter was horrendous. Who the fuck she was? Uh, Brooke, some talking to that one girl's brother for seemingly like three minutes. I didn't give a shit about him. I didn't give a shit about her. Um, some people didn't like the broadcast because oh, it's all Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. Well, that was the story of the game because SSU played like shit. Oregon, the Final Four team, got this great player with the triple doubles. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the story is them. The story sure as hell is in South Dakota State. They would have won the game. They would have played better. 
So obviously yep. Morgan was the story. At least we didn't have to hear the story about Maya Sellen's grandfather putting up, you know, the the back yeah. the backboard in the or you know the basketball hoop in the barn at like ten times, like we had to hear in the Syracuse region. That's fine once, maybe twice. You don't need to to bring that up again. I have not. I like Nate Miller, best player in the conference, best player yeah. in the state, and all best player in school history. Go with that. Uh, the sideline reporter asked the Oregon coach, uh, I like the Oregon coach a lot, asked him at halftime, what do you have to do to get more defensive stops? And what has this year scored like 21 points at half? 22, what yeah. More, what do you have to do to get more defensive stops? Why the hell would you ask that question? That's like asking a football coach at halftime, what do you got to do to get more defensive stops? And your defense is giving three points at half. I had no idea where that question came from. I have no idea the relevance of it. Why the hell would you ask a team that just held their opponent to 20 points? What do you got to do to get more defensive stops? Fuck, how many more defensive stops do you want? They make five shots in the first half? Six? I thought that was such a stupid question. <laughs> you should ask. Your size is making a hell of a difference. It looks like, talk about the fucking size. You're beating shit out of them. Or may as well ask, hey, the first time you guys played, you almost scored 90 points, and they almost scored 80 points. This game, nobody is scoring. What's the difference between the first time, there's a bunch of points. This game, there's no points. They probably didn't what even look at that, the, at the box I, score of that halftime score. I have no idea what these people do. Did they even mention during the game that these teams played already? I think they, they did. I don't I I, I I think I heard it twice during the game. Um, I, I think. I, I don't recall exactly when, but I do believe it was mentioned a couple times. But briefly, there was not a huge... Um, there was not a huge emphasis on it or, like, looking back at a previous match. Like, maybe you would think that, you know, you could use some video footage from yeah. from that game. That would be good. By the way, I does this anger you more than anything else in sports? Because truly, it's this is, of, like, one it, of the... It's gr- lazy. It, it, yeah. it makes me mad because it's gone on for 10 years now. Yep. And at the beginning, you're like, okay, a new, a new team in Division One, But the, we no longer say, oh, in the Division One here. We're past that. We've been Division One now. Uh, for 15 years, mm-hmm. 10 years, full-fledged. So that's, you don't have to add that asterisk to it anymore. It's just laziness. It's And it, it makes me mad because it doesn't happen to anybody else. It doesn't happen to anybody else. I agree. It's just laziness. Laziness. Yep. I ab- laziness. <laughs> I, ab- I absolutely agree with you. And it should Fucking make... Dakota State. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It- Dakota State. That, I like her, but... She probably she probably knows about Sioux Falls. I'll 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 give her the benefit of the doubt. Knows what the hell Rapid City is. Besides that, she doesn't know a single other town in the state. I will. I this is the first time that I had heard Sarah like Sarah Spain mention South Dakota State or tried to mention South Dakota State or got the name wrong. Maybe she. I don't think she's gotten it wrong in the past. I don't know if she's even said anything about South Dakota State. So. When all of the criticism and all the Jackrabbit fans come, you know, howling at her. And she, she has no idea of the history of this thing. We got her caught up she, pretty damn quick about it, the history of the name and how she just had her name to the list. Yep. These people that can't figure it out. From Trey Wingo to Scott Van Pelt to, you know, whoever else does it uh, does a game there. I don't think Clay Matvick has gotten the name wrong, which is a which is a good thing. Or maybe he did once back in the day. 
Um, so right because he's a professional and not and you know what? Video, you, you fucking lived in the state and he worked in the state. He knows what the hell South Dakota State. Yep. So I I get like did Sarah Spain necessarily deserve all of the the chewing out that she got? Perhaps not, but she has to realize that this is. You you know what it's gonna and it's gonna happen to the next person as well. They are going to just get chewed out and spit or chewed up and spit back out when they get South Dakota State's name wrong. As you mentioned, this has been going on for the majority of a decade, and it happens to no other program the majority it, as often as it does to South Dakota State. What, what other school has their name butchered like this? I, no. Nobody. No one. Nobody and, else has their name butchered like this. And that's what I think is at the crux of the matter here that people in the the national sports landscape have to realize here. It's that this is a shot at it. Even if it's a mistake, Get it right before you. You know what? What did uh, Herm Edwards used to say? Don't press send on a on a tweet. Make sure that it's good. Don't press send. Don't press send until you have things exactly right. And when you have a school, a region, an alumni base, a fan base that is constantly, constantly told like given a, a bad name or like the g- getting their name wrong and stuff it wears on you you know what you are going to be a little thin-skinned and the next time you hear it you're going to blow up at someone because you're sick and tired of it you know it does every single every single time the team is on a national stage whether it's the women on espn uh the men on espn or making the tournament or when the football team makes a deep run in the playoffs and there's a nationally televised game, mm-hmm. every single SDSU fan who knows what's going on is wondering when is it going to happen yep. and, 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 and who's going to do it and how are they going to do it. Every single one of us are watching these games uh, pre-game, during the game, uh, looking to pounce on it and saying, when are they going to fuck up? When are they going to call us South Dakota? When are they going to call us San Diego State? When are they going to do it? It happens every fucking time. They can't... Sarah Spain and, and other people at ESPN, surely they are entitled to mistakes. That is totally fine. But it happens time after time after time, and we are just sick of it. We are sick of the disrespect that we get across the national landscape. Obviously, when you hear SDSU, the first thing you're probably going to think of is San Diego State. I get that. But it is South Dakota State. You see it. There's not... You, it's right there. It says South is Sodak State or what, however it came across S Dakota State on on ESPN. It's blue. Especially it's not like they they're not even the same freaking colors. It, if you're if you're doing the game, you just don't show up and do the game. You're there a day before, a couple of days before. You've talked to the coaches. You've been to practice. Uh, you've hopefully looked through the media notes. You've talked to the SIDs. You've talked to the players. Uh, you probably hopefully followed this team, maybe even watched the game before in which they played at, at this level. Some extensive research for days, if not a week beforehand, uh, South Dakota State, South Dakota State, South Dakota State. I don't understand how they can get that wrong if they've done the research and looked at the notes and read over everything. And hopefully you've seen or heard of this name, South Dakota State, a hundred times between when you do the game and uh, when you found out you were doing the game with this team. So it's... It, 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 to me, it's unacceptable, and yep. I, I, again, I have no idea how this happened. I have no idea how they how they get it wrong. You know, if this if it happened once every few years, 
that's fine. A mistake happens, but it is every year, and it is every sport. Football, basketball, you know, women's basketball, men's basketball. It does not matter if uh, it just it's annual. It's an annual thing that someone will f it up, and that's again. Does Sarah Sprain deserve all the like the amount of criticism that she did from Jackrabbit fans? Maybe not, but it is. Well, then she goes it, and she's all defensive. Of, yeah. Oh, you know what I meant, and blah blah blah. And of course, she's as clueless as anybody else. It doesn't. Like, she, she has no idea of the history of this, anyway. So. It doesn't matter if you know what we meant. You got it wrong. You need to apologize and say I'm sorry. And yeah, you need to. Yeah, she can't speak for all of her, you know, colleagues at ESPN. I get that, but it is an issue at ESPN that they can't get the name correct. And it's got to stop at some point because this is not a cute little school, a cute little story. Oh, look at this Cinderella run and everything. The women's basketball program is a legitimate program. The the football team is a legitimate program. They've been to the FCS playoffs playoffs now, what, seven straight years, eight straight years, something like that. They've gotten to the national semifinal once. They've gotten to the quarterfinals multiple times. They've run into that buzzsaw that's known as North Dakota State. That that happens. The men's program has been in the NCAA tournament, what now, six, five times, six times? Shit, it, this is not a brand new school. I, are you going to say, like, oh, are you going to get Cal Baptist wrong? Are you going to go with, uh, like, North Alley? Like, do you think Omaha, you think that you see UNO and they're going to be like, oh, University of New Orleans, huh? No, they're going to go Nebraska, Omaha because they're smart and they get it. Be smart when it comes to South Dakota State. Be smart. That's that's it. So, that being said, again, tough loss for the Jackrabbit women, but uh, a great season, best season in school history. We see the best player leave in Macy Miller. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, the basketball season has come to an end now for both the men and the women's teams. We'll see where each team goes. Uh, women will win the Summit League next year. I think USD will USD will be right there with them. We'll see what the men can do. But, anywho, let's move on to uh, let's move on to the NCAA tournament here. We'll get to that baseball season preview here in just a moment. Uh, but, Krenz, I don't know how much of the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 you watched, but that was probably, I saw uh, Matt Norlander from CBS Sports tweeted out uh, earlier this week that the Elite Eight was probably the best Elite Eight we've ever seen. The four games there. I can't disagree. I said last week that I thought the tournament was better than in years past. It's been better than average. And after the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, this is the best tournament that I can remember in quite some time, despite the fact that my bracket is pure shit. There's been better tournaments for me. I can't name them. For me, the first... Two rounds were okay. There was really nothing there, so it was bad. Uh, sweet six. I, I saw a little. I didn't see enough. I wanted to see more. Elite Eight looked great. Every game was close. Two overtime games, or two other games that weren't close, came down the last minute. Mm-hmm. Duke game came down the last second. Every team I wanted to win in the Elite Eight lost. Yep. I wasn't excited about Purdue, but I wanted Purdue compared to the alternative. 
I mean, Car- get especially with Carson Edwards going off the way he did, you know, against Villanova in the second round, and he he had a good game against uh, a Tennessee in the Sweet 16. Though it was really Ryan Klein who kind of got. Uh, who kept Purdue in that game against Tennessee and ultimately prevailed in overtime. And yeah, Edwards and Kyle Guy going back and forth. I'm sorry, Kyle Guy, and sorry, Virginia, but I really wish Guy's ankle had been injured a little bit more in that one because I think Purdue Purdue wins that game if Kyle Guy does not uh, not play in the second half or play nearly as well. Hey, Carson Edwards, he's been the player of the tournament so far. Yep. So he would have been exciting to see... I would prefer to see Kentucky, just for Christ's sake, they're Kentucky. Yep. Uh, my, I'm all right. I'm watching the end of this Duke game. There, right, you're my last hope. I, I, beginning of the season, they were the favorites, and I don't, I don't know what it was. But they just, and they should have lost those two previous rounds. Even for your sake, Virginia Tech would have been fine. Yep. But I mean, there's some about that Duke team. They were just off. They're the two best players in the country, and they still. They couldn't make threes. They were a terrible three-point shooting team. They weren't very deep. So for as good as those two guys were, just didn't. They weren't as dominant as people thought they were or would be. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like to see Gonzaga, like you've seen Duke. All four teams I lost in Elite Eight. I wanted to see all of them. And they all lost, and yep. uh, my bracket's done. So um, yeah, that's, that's the bracket, and that's the tournament, and. Uh, yeah, it should be fine. It should be fine. Yep, it, and it sucks. It really sucks that we don't get to see Zion, a once-in-a-generational type player, uh, and Duke. Again, you know, the Final Four doesn't come to Minneapolis very often. I, I I do believe it will come back because of the stadium. I do think that they'll get it probably once maybe every 10 years, 15 years, something like that. Final Four will be back in, Min- in Minneapolis. But, you know, you had this chance to see, you know, even like it – like you're saying, North Carolina. North Carolina gets run out of the gym by Auburn. Uh, then you have Kentucky. Yeah, maybe we got that. Nope, they they lose. You get, uh, we'd like to see Gonzaga. This is supposedly Gonzaga's best team ever. Maybe a rematch with Duke in the Final Four. That'd be great. No. And then Duke, I, when it was 56-53, and Goins makes that off-balance three-pointer that ties the game up, I said, you know what? If they're going to make shots like that, Michigan State's going to win this game. And then at the end, I, I, I think Duke should have gone for the three and for the win rather than try to go inside with R.J. Barrett. If you want to go inside with someone, have it be Zion Williamson. I didn't agree with uh, with Barrett going in and ultimately misses the free throw. Uh, and they, they didn't have fouls to give, so that sucked, but it was a great game. Um yeah, I mean, I think we are allowed to be disappointed. We are allowed to be sad. I'm glad we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday because Monday was pure, uh, just awful. I just didn't feel good about what we'd seen. Now, having said all that, and because the Elite Eight games were so good, I think we have the chance for a very, very compelling Final Four. You have two teams that have never been in it before in Texas Tech and Auburn. You have a Virginia team who, I mean, just think of the storyline with them losing to a 16 seed last year, first 16 seed ever, that would be UMBC, to, to beat a one seed, and now they're on the verge of a national championship. I mean, that's incredible. And then you have Michigan State, Tom Izzo, fantastic program. They've been here before. They haven't won a championship since 2000. Uh, you know, Cassius Winston's very good. So there's 
certainly a compelling aspect to every one of these teams. And there, there's not a mid-major. There's not a Loyola Chicago. There's not a Wichita State. Um, these are teams from Power 5 conferences. And it's nice that you have one team from four of the five power com- five power conferences. You have the ACC. You have the SEC, the Big 12, and the, the Big 10. So that's nice. I think we are going to see... a. hopefully some really good basketball but it's just not the teams it's not the blue bloods that we want and ultimately i feel bad for the you know i'm i'm a ratings guy crins you know that i don't think the ratings are going to be very good for this and i think that i feel bad for the people of minneapolis because i think we got gypped on this final four but I do think that the basketball games themselves are going to be very compelling, and you can make an argument for each team winning the game. You really can. I want Auburn to win. I do too, because then we can have a barbecue with Bruce Pearl. I'll be exciting shirts on, hopefully, for Bruce Pearl. I'd prefer Texas Tech and Auburn since neither have won. I'm just going through the list of like the last 10 first-time winners. And it's, I think, Florida was the last time a new team won. Virginia would be the ultimate fuck you to me if they would win. Yeah. Um, I, I, do, I do have a Virginia shirt. I have lots of shirts and hats, as you know, for yep. random teams. Yep. I have a Virginia shirt. I, um... I have lots of Auburn stuff. I have Auburn hat jack and all that shit. I don't have any Michigan State thing. I don't have any Texas Tech stuff. So that's how obscure these schools are to me. That uh, I don't have them. And it's rare. I have a Purdue hat. I have a Kentucky hat. I don't have anything with Duke. I don't really get anything with Duke. And uh, Gonzaga. I don't have a Gonzaga hat. But yeah, things are looking real good. Things are looking real good on Thursday. And uh, things took a turn for the worse. But uh, we're going to this thing. Yep. I'm interested to see how high we're up and what it's like to uh, watch a game way up there. Yep. See how far we are away, what that I mean, looks like. It's going to be an experience, no doubt. I mean, regardless of the teams that are in there, it's going to be a great experience. Um, unfortunately, we were just hoping to see in a, a main attraction, and, and that and being Zion Williamson, and unfortunately, we won't see him. Um and I will be curious to see how that does in terms of the crowds. I imagine that it... I'm sure they'll still get about 70,000 in there for the game. But um, it certainly the atmosphere, the excitement might drop a little bit. I, I'm hoping, and I, I doubt that this will happen, but... You know, if we can get down there, you know, early on Saturday afternoon, like, you know, two, three hours before tip-off, maybe we get to see, like, a, a Charles Barkley or a Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg or something. I imagine Charles Barkley will be out in the in the concourse area willing to take pictures and everything. In fact, I'll, tr- I'll try and tweet him before and say, hey, Charles, is there any chance that if we're down in Minneapolis that we can see you, you know, like, you know, get an autograph or a picture or something? Because he's going to be all sorts of excited. His alma mater's in this final. Final four. Um, it's. I. I think there's a. There's a chance we could rub. Uh, like rub elbows with some uh, major TV personalities from uh, ESPN and CBS or and Turner Sports. Don't you think? Sure, we'll see somebody, but I won't get my hopes up too much. Yeah. 
We will, uh, there's plenty of stuff to do. We'll be doing the fan fest and stuff, and uh, we will try and get, because Kelsey requested that we have a couple of podcasts, so we'll, uh, we'll do a podcast Saturday night or uh, early Sunday morning, and, uh, a live podcast during WrestleMania on Sunday, of course. Yes, Uh, yep, no doubt, uh, so we'll do that and then have a podcast Monday after the Final Four is done to uh, recap it all. So that'll be two two sports block podcasts next week. So uh, set your uh, DVRs for that. That's going to be great. Um, Marcus will be there. Shane Coon will probably meet up with him. Yep. Uh, the Top Golf, I guess, would be a Monday morning noon thing, maybe, hopefully, or Sunday. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, Skyler Flatten's gonna be there. He got picked for the uh, the summer league three on three team. Why? Why did? Uh, why can't Dom do both? Because he's in the three point uh, challenge. Yeah. That'll be that'll be Thursday night NBA on ESPN. Guy, if you're a potential NBA guy, don't don't be messing around with this three on three bullshit. Um, so, um, four guys per team. Yeah, I would not risk an injury or anything. Uh, with that. So yeah, we'll be doing a three-point contest Thursday on ESPN. That'll be good to watch. We'll see how he does there. Target Center, uh, for those who uh, oh, yeah. want to know where they're doing that at. Well, yeah, Mall of America's got this three-on-three thing, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. we got the free passes for the light rail and all this shit, so that's good. Yep. Um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, uh, I'm interested to see how many people, people are there. I, I, I don't know. I, it's going to be less than had Duke or Kentucky or UNC been in it, right? I mean, that, that's yeah. just that's just a fact. But again, I think it I think it helps. Texas Tech will have the fewest amount of fans there. I feel like Auburn I'm will have. I'm sure there'll be about five USD people there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can't wait to heckle Matt Mooney to no end. I'm going to heckle him ruthlessly uh, because. I just want to, though. If he hears me and looks at me, he's probably gonna pierce my soul with that stare that he has. Um, I wonder how many UMBC chants we can get started when Virginia's on the wow. court. Um, I, I still have to go through my collection of shit, and what am I gonna pick out? What hats am I gonna pick? What shirts am I gonna wear? It's only like 65, 70 degrees here this weekend, so I would imagine it's similar there. I think it's going to be low to mid-60s is what I've seen for the weekend. Uh, so shorts weather. Uh, I think apparel, Final Four apparel better be available at U.S. Bank Stadium. I plan on getting some stuff. I hope they have a nice pullover, uh, not just a sweatshirt. Well, I'll definitely be getting a couple of T-shirts in there. So uh, um, the, the credit card has uh, the good thing that the... The credit, the line of credit has been extended, uh, so that that's wow. good. So uh, we will be getting up on apparel, but they they gotta have a pullover, right? Like you know the summit. I'm gonna plan on wearing yeah. the summit league pullover, like I got uh, this year, a nice gray one. Um, I would hope they have something like that there uh, to uh, for purchase, either at US Bank Stadium or Fan Fest or wherever in the city. Yes, I imagine they will have many overpriced items for many months. Yes, and, uh, you'll have to get a Final Four hat, right? I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe get a Michigan State hat since they're since they're oh. there. No. No. Okay. I gotta I gotta wear my Auburn stuff. I'll be rooting for Auburn. Or some Auburn stuff and uh, probably an Expos hat. Okay. 
<laughs> That's very good. Very good. So uh, Michigan State against Texas Tech. I think Michigan State is ultimately going to prevail, though, of course, defense is, uh, is you know, Texas Tech is the number one rated defense in the country, so in defensive efficiency, so that's big. And then Virginia Auburn, that is a that is a toss up to me. Um, and Auburn scores all. I mean, that's a great matchup with the with the defense and the offense, so that should be uh, that should be interesting. Because really, we we know that Auburn can score a bunch of points, but they also create a lot of turnovers, get a lot of steals. Virginia plays great defense, and now we know that they actually have some guys who can shoot, like Kyle Guy. It was amazing watching that Purdue-Virginia game, and Kyle Guy and Carson Edwards going back and forth. And Purdue, for the love of God, just rebound the ball there at the end. Incredible pass to, um, was it? Didn't Kyle Guy throw it down the length of the court or half court to Mamadou Diakite? Uh, one of the best names in college basketball, I must say. Uh, and he gets that in over Harms. I, I still can't believe the pass. Like, come on, Purdue. You could have done this here, and you screwed it for everyone. Um, that's after Tennessee, they blew a lead against Tennessee. Um, yeah. Uh, that uh, Brian Anderson and Chris Weber do a fantastic job with the tournament. I don't like listening to Reggie Miller at all. I find him to be... Uh, a boring or obnoxious. He just doesn't know his shit. Uh, he adds really no value to the college game. Let him stay in the pros. Uh, but I really enjoy Brian Anderson and Chris Weber, and they had three of the four overtime games so far in this tournament. They had Cincinnati. Uh, they had uh, excuse me, Iowa, Tennessee. They had Tennessee, Purdue, and they had Purdue, Virginia. The only other overtime game, Auburn and Kentucky. That was handled by Ian Eagle and Jim Sponarkle there in Kansas City. There's your fun fact. Chris, Chris Wolverine gets very excited, and I like him. Yep. Uh, and Brian Anderson, as you know, uh, I I think he's the best up-and-coming announcer. He It's it's not an up-and-coming. People should know who Brian Anderson is. He does, I believe, play-by-play for Milwaukee Brewers baseball uh, when he's not doing... Uh, college basketball or NBA and stuff on TNT. And speaking of Milwaukee Brewers, let us lead. So we're going to be at the Final Four. It's going to be great. We never thought it would never happen. Uh, We will uh, have plenty to talk about as the Final Four unfolds. So, again, thank you to to my wife, Kelsey, to my mom, Julie, uh, my stepdad, Dwayne, my father-in-law, Todd, and my mother-in-law, Stacy, for helping make this possible. Of course, you as well. Crins for uh, for joining me in this fun adventure. It's going to be a lot of fun there in Minneapolis at the Final Four. We'll have lots of stories to tell. Two podcasts planned on that for next week. Brewers baseball. Uh, well, let's just get to the baseball preview here. We are a week in. Uh, Cubs and Red Sox off to slow starts. Don't want to overreact. Yankees have a couple of injuries. Let's start in the AL. Uh, we'll start in the Central uh, with the Minnesota Twins. The Cleveland Indians, it appears to just be those two teams that will be going back and forth. Last year, I certainly thought the Twins would be able to make the playoffs. They would be able to uh, feast off of the Tigers, the Royals, and the White Sox. And now, uh, again, I still think that's going to happen. But the Indians are worse. I think the Twins are better. I like the Twins to win the Central. As do I. Uh, Cleveland's offense at the moment is very shit. 
Yeah. The offense is very bad right now. And, uh, they're, they're, pitching, they're, they're pitching very good, but there was those rumors about they're going to trade Kluber or they're going to trade Bauer uh, to help their farm system here in the offseason. That never happened. Um, so by all means, uh, their pitching are great, but their offense is bad. I mean, Cleveland's a favorite. Um, for the Twins, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're, they're much improved. They've, kind of, they've, they've overhauled the coaching staff, so now the new regime has all their coaches in place. Uh, Twins new pitching coach, Wes Anderson. Um, I love this guy. He's uh, he's all about the analytics, and we finally have gotten all the old guys out. Gotten the young guys in. This team has made up the way I like it. Uh, Brios pitched amazing. Yeah. Uh, first game we got uh, pitched against Kansas City tonight. First inning was not good. Uh, so Twins got a couple games to Kansas City. He's in the first one. Um, so Brios, hopefully, he can take that next step. I didn't think he should have been an All Star last year. Um, pitched pitched well. But hopefully he can take that next step this year. Uh, Kyle Gibson still hasn't seen him pitch. We'll see him tomorrow. Uh, Oda Rizzi was a disappointment last year. He pitched great his first time out. Uh, Michael Pineda pitched great. Four shutout innings, a bunch of strikeouts. Um, Taylor Rogers, great last year in the bullpen. So uh, Martin Perez, I hated the signing, but apparently he's added about four miles an hour to the fastball. He can throw 97 now. So, <clears throat> I like the construction of the team. Do we do we like Rocco Baldelli as a as a manager? Yes. Yes. Okay. Love, love him. He's a former uh, Ray, right? Didn't he play for the Rays yep. for a while? Yep. And uh, he had a big-time prospect, and he had a, like a muscle, some sort of a disorder, muscle disorder, that uh, his career was shortened. I think he's the youngest manager in baseball. Uh, Nelson Cruz, that's a great signing. Mm-hmm. All the new guys contribute. Buxton, like he's the key. He's off to a good start. Buxton only has like I think three doubles. So he's off to a great start. When the Twins made the playoffs there a couple years ago, uh, Dozier was great. Irvin Santana was great. Uh, Sano and Buxton, uh, they were very good. And then you got zero from those four guys last year. And they still won 78 games. Yep. So, uh, those guys are gone. Uh, Dozier, Santana, they're gone. So Buck, Buck said it's a good start. He's never gotten off to a good start. He's, he's 4-10, 4-11, with some extra base hits, so positives for Buxton. Um, I, I like the team. I like the pitching. I like the, the new way they're thinking. I like some of the moves uh, the manager made early on uh, with, with the bullpen, um, with Nelson Cruz. Cruz was on second uh, late in the game, and in the past, it seems like Twins managers would pinch hit for an older DH guy at second mm-hmm. to put in a pinch runner, and he did not do that, and it didn't matter. He came on a score anyway, so I would prefer to keep that back in the lineup for future innings if need be, so I like that idea, like I was saying on the bullpen. So thus, thus far, I've liked the moves he's made. I like this team. Uh, Williams Castillo, a backup pitcher, infielder guy. He's like the Bartolo Colon of the deal, a fat, chubby guy that uh, everybody loves. Um, he never strikes out. He never walks. He, uh, he always hits the ball. He always makes contact, so he's very unique. Uh, so he's exciting to watch. 
And yeah, I think I, I like this team a lot, and I think they're going to win the division. Uh, at some point, the stack will have a baseball season preview. We're hoping to get that out here this week. Um, I, for the record, I think it'll be Twins, Indians. Then I'll say, in no, I'll go White Sox, Tigers, Royals. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, any three of those teams can finish anywhere, I suppose. Okay. Kansas City's probably the worst of the five. Yep. Uh, let's let's take a look at the West right now. Of course, it all begins and ends with our Houston Astros. But uh, the Angels have made some moves in addition to Mike Trout signing a $430 million contract. I mean, that's that's very good, obviously. The Mariners went through a rebuild, not rebuild. A uh, little odd, but they've gotten off to a good start. The A's, I don't think that they're quite as good this year uh the rangers they're in a definite rebuild i mean at the end of the day it's the astros uh division to lose and i don't think that's going to happen though they you know obviously don't have dallas dallas keichel um and uh, uh oh, who's the who's the guy that the that the twins got why am i blanking on his name marwin gonzalez Mar- Mar- marwin gonzalez thank you um so at the end of the day, it's it's the Astros that are going to win this division. I think the Angels and the Mariners will be in the wild card mix. The A's not so much, and the Rangers definitely not. Seattle's a nice surprise. I didn't like what Seattle did, but if it's gone well so far for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Domingo Santana, he's been impressive. He was with Milwaukee. Uh, extreme power from him. He never really got the chance to play, but uh, he's only 26. And he hit like 30, 40 home runs. So Domingo Santana, that's a guy I like. So Seattle's off to a 6-1 start. Yeah, Oakland should be fine. You know, Texas and Angels, don't, don't give a shit about them. So, yeah, there's three teams that compete here. Seattle's a big surprise for me. And, uh, and Blake Trinan had a great year last year from San Diego State. So he's had another great year this year. Yes. Yes, no doubt. And then finally, you know, in the AL, the East, uh, Red Sox off to a slow start. We won't, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape there. I'll still pick them. The Yankees have some uh, some injuries to Stanton and another guy who I, whose name I can't pronounce, so please help me with that. Uh, what are you talking about? The Yankees. Who's he at? Andaluhar or something? Miguel Andujar. Andujar, thank you. So I was close. Yay! I'm, you know, I'm going to count that as a win. Uh, we're just going to mark it down. He might, yeah, he, yeah, he might be out for the whole year. So. Well, that's, that's that's not a win for the Yankees. But um, injuries aside, the Yankees certainly seem like they are ready. I think they're going to overtake the Red Sox this year. I think they're going to win the East, and everyone's eyes should be on the Rays. And, you know, remember their whole... Crazy thing about not having a starting pitcher start the game uh, last year. Some other oh, teams have caught on. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously they'll be doing the same sort of thing again this year. I think that the Rays have a lot of potential. The Jays suck. Orioles have been a mild surprise so far through the first few days of the baseball season. That it's not going to last. Uh, it is really all down to the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox in the AL East. Like the Yankees to win the division, we got Yankees, Twins, Astros. I like the Yankees bullpen. They signed Adam Albino from the Rockies. That was the one bullpen guy I wanted with the Twins, so I think he's 
He's a good addition. Yeah, they just got a ton of injuries. Stands out and Duar's out. Um, got a ton of injuries right now. So, we'll get Didi, uh, Didi Gregorius, the shortstop back after the All-Star break, and uh, get these other guys back. So, we'll have to tread water until then. Uh, CC Sabathia, he's out first week or two. Um, Toronto, Marcus Stroman, I like him. He was terrible last year. After doing really good two years ago. Um, he seems to be better this year. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. seems to be the next big prospect. He'll be up hopefully in a couple weeks with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, he's what wasn't there some talk that they were going to try and hold him back to get to keep another yeah. year with him? How did that end up? Yeah, that that deadline's coming up here in a week or two, it's the middle of April. So. Once that deadline passes, you know, April 15th or whenever it is, they'll call him up. He, you know, he could have been called up last year. He almost hit 400 in the minors. So he is, yeah, he's as good of a hitter as, as they've seen. Um, so, yeah, you get, yeah get, to, get to know that guy, Vladimir Guerrero's kid. So, interesting division. Um, what were my two teams last year stacking? What were your te- two teams last year? Uh, were they the Rays? No. Ah, shit. Um, Braves Phillies. Oh, yeah, Braves Phillies, yes. Yes. My two teams this year is Tampa Bay and San Diego. I can't believe you have come around to the San Diego oh, side yeah. of things as, as fast as you have because I'm on that. <laughs> I was on that train. I think I've given you uh, the front seat the front passenger seat, and I have moved into the back seat. I'm going to hold some reservations on San Diego this year. but um, like, I'm not saying they're making the playoffs this year, but they have, they're off to a pretty good start. They're 3-2. and two. Pitching's been great. Yep. Uh, they just have so many guys that it's, it's kind of like Houston had so many guys there a couple years ago. It's like, they so gotta be Is San Diego the new Houston then? Is that what we're saying? I'm not going that far. Okay. Um, I mean, but they, they have the best farm system in a decade or so. And then Tampa Bay also has... San Diego's one for farm systems. Tampa Bay is two. Tampa Bay is already good. Well, when you but say San, San Diego, Diego, do you mean South Dakota? When I see us, I mean the South Dakota Padres is what I mean, yes. Okay. Uh, so your wild cards then in the AL, are, is Rays are going to be one. Who's the other team? I had Tampa in Boston. You know, I'm going to be more serious about Boston not being good. Um, Chris Sale, signed a big contract. Are you selling he, on Sale? I, I love him. I always picked him to win the Cy Young, and he may never win one at this point. He always falters at the end of the year. He always gets off to a great start. And then you know, once it comes September, um, he's on the DL, or, or he, he ends poorly. Mm-hmm. And this year, he started poorly. He wasn't throwing very hard. So I don't know if this is his way of starting slower. So at the end of the year, he's got more in the tank. Uh, he had injuries at the end of last year. So I don't know if this is just more of that. When he did win the World Series. Um, so Tampa, for sure, is a wild card. I had Red Sox as my other one. I really don't know who else I would pick. Cleveland or anybody. I guess I'll stick with what I had. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay and, and the Red Sox as uh, my wild card teams. So I think the wild card spots are going to come down to essentially five teams. The Angels, the Mariners, 
the Indians, the Red Sox, and the Rays. Also, I guess I could throw in the Athletics as well. So six teams. I'm like, wow, the thanks stack, and that's a that's a very good ana- analysis right there. You're giving us half the AL with that. But with that all being said, I have to, I I can't not pick the Boston Red Sox. Uh, after what they did last year, I, I just think things are going to turn around for them. I will pick them for one spot. And it's going to come down. To, I'd love to see the Mariners pick it, but I, I can't pick the Mariners until they actually make it. Uh, you know, Prove it, Seattle. Prove it. Uh, Angels, they're not going to do anything this year. Maybe down the line. That's why Trout signed that mega deal because he sees, uh, I guess he sees a bright future for the Angels. I don't see it apart from Trout. But uh, so then it's really going to come down to the Indians and the Rays. I would prefer that the Rays make it, but I will go with the Indians as the wild card. So Indians, Red Sox as my wild cards, Twins, Yankees, and Astros as the division winners. Your AL Cy Young, I believe you said last week was uh, Corey Kluber. Is that correct? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Never mind. Another Indian though. Another Indian, his family was come from the Cherokee tribe. No, Trevor <laughs> Bauer. Um, I'll say Justin. MVP, Ver- I'll I'll say Justin MVP. Verlander. Obviously, trouble with MVP, or he's the best player. Yep. Or an injury like last year. Uh, my non-truck pick is uh, Matt Chapman, third baseman, Oakland. Okay. Or something different. I will just stick he's with Trout. He's the best third baseman uh, defensively, and he's adding to the bat. So. Oakland's in the mix. He's going to have a pretty good war with so Matt Chapman for African American. He's a white man. He's my African American horse for the MVP. All right. Uh, any any other AL awards you want to hand out? No. Rookie of the Year, Guerrero Junior. Uh, I'm in three fantasy leagues, so I'm keeping dabs on some shit. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, uh, White Sox signed on that big deal last week. Yep. Even though he's never played a major league game. Yep. Well, it's a good start. I, I don't like the deal. You don't give a shit how great you are, how highly touted your prospect you are. I, I need to see a little bit. Uh, Braves signed Acuna Jr. to a $100 million deal today for eight years. I'm fine with that because he came up and he was great last year. So I, I saw him. He's got a season there. He performed excellently. I'm fine giving him that money. Jimenez... No, I haven't seen him play. There's no, there's no reason to give a guy that much money for that long when he's never played a single major league game. He may turn out to be fine. It may be fine, but there's no reason to have that risk. Have him play a season. What's 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 the harm in having him play a year? See to see what happens because there's no guarantee. There's absolutely no goddamn guarantee of anybody being good. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. by all means should be a great hitter, mm-hmm. All Star, Hall of Famer, all this. We'll have to see. I mean, he should be an amazing hitter. We'll have to wait and see. So, I thought that was a terrible deal for Chicago. Didn't make much sense. Let's go to the NL side now, and we'll start with the West. Uh, and you're, you have professed your love for the San Diego Padres, and rightfully so, with Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer, and uh, you got... No, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Go to hell. What a shooting player. <laughs> what a shooting player. <laughs> uh, but... Obviously, I mean they do have a lot of good young guys, so that's a that's a team that you really should pay attention to. Arizona seems like they're in a rebuild, right? Yeah, they they, they sold some folks. Yeah, uh, Goldsmith to, to to St. Louis being the most prominent. Grinky got hammered the first time yep. around, so 
Arizona, the Giants look terrible. Yeah. My, my Giants. My right. Giants. Um, they look horrendous. Their offense is a seven different types of junk. So, yeah. Uh, yeah Arizona, Giants, they're bad. Yep, that that's not a good combo there. Uh, the Dodgers, I have injury. I have a lot of injury concerns with Clayton Kershaw. Uh, of course, they, they trade away parts like, a, you know, Yasiel Puig. Uh, they do have they they do have Walker Bueller. That's fine. They do have a uh, you know other young guys in there. Why, why am I blanking on some of the, the who's the young guy that just hit a bunch of home runs last year? They got Max Muncy, who was just a random dude they got from Oakland. Nothing was expected. He was amazing. Yeah, um, the, Cody Bellinger's been around for a couple of years. Bellinger, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I don't think it was Muncy, but uh, no, he's maybe. older. Yeah, but. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I, I, they have enough depth. I think they're fine. Um, kid that pitched last night, he's already had Tommy John. He was up, I think, when he was 19. Uh, Julio Urias, mm-hmm. who's left. He pitched very well against the Giants. I think he's... You, you, I think Walker Buehler and Julio Urias. I, I, I mean, those two. But you just said the Giants' offense is shit. So, I mean, how how good of a performance yeah. was it? I mean, it, it, well, it, it's, I mean, if you don't give up any runs, just you know, okay. do as expected. Okay. There, so I mean, Bueller and Urias. I don't think there's a, a better combination of two younger guys. Bueller's 24, Urias is 22. Give me, give me those two, and you can have everybody. You know what? I'm just gonna say right now, I'm gonna take the Colorado Rockies to win the NL West. I think that they have the offensive firepower to do it. Pitching will be okay. Pitching will be enough. I have concerns with every other team in that division apart from San Diego. I think overall San Diego, it's just going to be the youth, the expectations. Give them a year. They'll make the playoffs next year, I'm I'm thinking, or have a very good shot to make it. It's close this year. They'll win about 80, 82 games, ultimately miss out. Give me the Rockies to win the West. Rockies have finally got some pitchers. They lost to Tampa tonight. Uh, Kyle Freeland had a bad day. Kyle Freeland, he pitched great last year. We still had 10 strikeouts tonight in five innings. So, I mean, they've got two pitchers, uh, uh, 24, 25 years old, Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez. They signed Herman Marquez today like a five-year, $50 million deal. So, they, Rocky they finally got two young pitchers that seem to be good. We'll see what they do this year. Um, so, so that, that helps. They mm-hmm. signed Arenado. Um, they've got a couple guys coming up. So, you're higher on the Rockies than I am. Um, I like you like them to win the division. I like. Well, I mean, it's Dodgers. it's Colorado, of course. It got to be higher. Obviously, smoke the weed. I like the I like the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers. Um, to, to win that division. Uh, this, I mean, I'll, yeah. You have pen and paper there, or some damn thing. I do. I can write. I can write some stuff down if you'd like me to. Uh, for, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. His dad played. His name was Fernando Tatis. This is Fernando Tatis Jr. His first home run the other night. He's a young guy, 20 years old. He's their shortstop. They didn't wait a month or a couple weeks to call him up. They called him up right away. He's probably going to be a pretty good player. Padres, right? Well, yeah, Padres. I mean, they got a lot of guys. Uh, Fran Mill Reyes. He's a big son bitch. Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, not up to a good service. He's, a, he's an outfielder, like a 6'5". 260, 270, big power guy. Um, their pitchers, there's one guy in particular that I like, uh, Chris Paddock, P-A-D-D-A-C-K. 
Chris Paddock is a guy that I think could be uh, very good. Because um, my, my concern there a month or so ago when I trashed this organization, uh, what was this pitch staff? But they pulled him up. They made some changes with the pitching staff. So they just have a boatload of guys. Again, the best farm system they've, that anybody's had in probably 10 years. Just a boatload of guys. And the majority of these guys are pitchers. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Despite Eric Cosmer being on this team. So, yeah. Uh, certainly San Diego will be a team that we will watch. So let's move to the Central here. And... Um, Honestly, it ends. It starts and ends with the Brewers. I love their offense. I think it's great. Their pitching is going to be just fine. Uh, St. Louis will be in the mix with Paul Goldschmidt coming there. They always seem to find it out, uh, find a way to be competitive and and make things interesting. Cubs are off to a slow start. I think that's kind of more of a something that's going to continue throughout the season. I just don't see the Cubs will be in the NL Central race here. I don't see them really being able to take that overall next step and, and take down the Brew crew. I don't even have the Cubs make the playoffs this year. I think the Reds are going to be a lot better. Remember, I was on this team last year saying that th- this is a team that I would buy some stock in over the next few years, so they're going to be much improved. I don't think the Pirates are going to be much of anything. At the end of the day, the Central runs through the Brew crew and Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't like Cincinnati. I like them more than I do. I think the Brewers and some, you take them like seriously, like like the best team in baseball type seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christian Yelich, what, he had four home runs in a row, five home runs, first four or five games? Yeah. He's, he's yeah, fantastic. Street, so he's the MVP and pretty good start. Uh, Josh Hader, despite being a race system, and he's probably the best left-handed pitcher in baseball. So, I mean, they've got some injuries. German uh, Jeffress, Bullpen guy for them. He's out for a while. Uh, Corey Knievel, he was their uh, closer last year. He's going to probably have Tommy John, so he'll be out for a year plus. So, um, Craig Kimball, this has been rumored to maybe be a Craig Kimball spot. Maybe them or the Braves uh, would make the most sense. I did pick St. Louis to win this division, but I got to go with Milwaukee. I got to change that. Dodgers, Milwaukee. I think the Cardinals get a. Uh, Cardinals get a wild card. Okay. Cardinals get a wild card. We'll see if that happens here. Um, also, uh, Milwaukee has a guy, another writer, name or downer, uh, Corbin Burns. He uh, He's a pitcher. I think he'll be good. Okay. D-U-R-N-E-S. Burns. Corbin Burns. Um... So, what's that? NL East, we go. Oh, yes, NL East, of course. And that's probably the most compelling division. Uh, Dare I say, the East has the most compelling divisions in in both leagues, AL and NL. Uh, Yeah, they're the four best teams of any league here, yeah. One team is not going to get a playoff spot from the NL East, and uh, besides the Marlins. Marlins suck. Get the hell out of here. I mean, they're not terrible. They got a couple of guys. Ah. Who I like. Uh, who, who do you have written down? Who do you have written down? For what? For have you written anybody down yet? For my name, writer For not Fernando Tatis Jr., Fran Mel okay. Reyes, and Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock. 
Uh, who was the one guy for who, who was the guy? Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns from Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, Miami's going to have a couple wider downers here, believe it or not. Okay. A couple of pitchers. Oh, so these, these guys to I like guys to keep a keep an eye on to see how they do. Okay. Uh, here throughout the rest of the year, uh, Caleb Smith, white guy, Caleb Smith, pitcher. Uh, see how he does. Okay. Goddamn thing with load. Uh, Caleb Smith, pitcher guy. Um, Pablo Lopez. Not Pablo, Pablo Torres. Lopez. No, Pablo Lopez, another pitcher guy. And uh, Sandy L. Cantera. A-L-C-A-N-T-A-R-A. So they can get two of those guys to be good. Three writer-downer guys for, for Miami. Maybe they cannot lose 90 games. So, I mean, their lineup is trash. Seven different types of trash, but they've got some pitchers. So that's respectable. Well, good. We'll see what the Marlins could do. At the end of the day, though, I mean, it's it, the Braves... They're very good. The Phillies, of course, have Bryce Harper. The Phillies are going to make the playoffs. Feel good about the Braves making the playoffs. So I think it's going to come down to the Nationals. Will their pitching? Will Scherzer and you know Strasburg? Will they be able to push Washington back to the playoffs, back to the postseason? The Mets, they've got some good things going on here. Uh, they made so you know Familia, the closer from Seattle. They've made several trades. They look like they're going. What? What's that? Edwin Diaz, Seattle yep. closer, come over. Yep. Uh, He's good. Uh, they got Robinson Cano. I mean, DeGrom's amazing. Syndergaard. Oh, yeah. So they got some guys, too. Yeah. So I think New York is certainly going to play a factor in this, but I, I can't pick him because inevitably Noah Syndergaard or, you know, Jacob DeGrom, they're going to get hurt. Is Syndergaard is or is DeGrom, excuse me, is DeGrom going to have a sub-2 ERA again? Me, yeah. I, I would say if you're asking me yes, I would say yes. I think okay. he's probably the best pitcher in baseball. Okay. Uh, Josh Hader's probably the best lefty as a 1-2 inning guy. I would say DeGrom, yes, is going to have a sub-2 ERA. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um... Does he get injured at all this season? What is who is the one Mets pitcher that or player that's going to get injured this year uh, yeah. that will start the derailment of their season? Cespedes, he's injured now because it's his heel. He missed a lot of last year. Cespedes might be gone um, again this year. I mean, their bullpen looks pretty good. Um, yeah, with the injuries, you just got to wait and see. I have one one rider downer for the Mets. Okay. First base when they, first base when they called up, you had a monster home run the other day. Oh yeah, that like took Pete, him four Pete. games to get his first uh, home run, and that beat every other Met, including Daryl Strawberry. Pete Pete Alonzo. Yep. Pete Alonzo first base and see how he does. Brandon Nimmo had a great year last year, good on base percentage. So they signed Wilson Ramos to be a catcher. Michael Conforto should be good. Their lineup looks a lot better. Uh, one through five. So you're, are you picking the Mets? Am I understanding this? Are the Mets making the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. I picked Washington to win this division. They're not doing so hot. 
And we had Scherzer. It was great. So, boy. I'll t- I'll Who just, do you have here? I, I tell you this right now. I think... I'm going to take the Braves to win the division, though I don't feel good about it. Uh, Phillies will be my w- number one wild card, and I'm just going to do it. The, the, uh, the Nationals will be wild card number two, with the Mets, Cardinals, Cubs, and Padres just missing out. I, I picked some teams last week. I changed, I changed with Milwaukee. I still got St. Louis in there. I picked Washington. Phillies are off to a good start. Braves are not. I usually like the Mets. Mets. I mean, there's a, there's going to be a couple of teams that don't make the playoffs that are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Nola, I love Aaron Nola for Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia's lineup is great. Parker's off to a great start. He got booed mercilessly tonight, which is unfortunate. Um, in Washington, good. it's hard not to pick the Phillies. To, I mean, they got Andrew McCutcheon, Gene. So I mean, they oh, their lineup is very good. Yep. The Mets are good too. Jesus Christ. Maybe the entire NL East could just be in the NL playoffs with, uh, with the That'd Brewers, uh, with with, yeah, with the addition of the Brewers and without Miami. Give me Washington to win the division. I'll stick with them. Give me the Phillies to be a wild card. Cardinals Phillies wild card game should be great. Oh, you you're giving up on the Braves. You were so hot on the Braves last year. Yeah, Braves. I mean, there's, I like the Mets. I don't like the Braves as much as I did last year. I like the Mets. Bring on the Mets. I'm not picking, I'm not picking for the playoffs. If, if I had to make one choice, I'd say Washington, uh, Pound Sand, and I'd pick the Mets. Okay. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, Washington. I'm just there, there has not been a more disappointing team in the last decade than the goddamn Washington Nationals. Just, just such waste of talent. Such a waste to not... I even want to playoff series. So NL Cy Young. Uh, okay, so again, uh, you have the Dodgers in the Central or in the West. Excuse me. You have the Brewers in the Central. You have the Phillies winning the East. You have or Washington mm-hmm. winning the East. Oh, you yeah. have Philadelphia and St. Louis as the wild cards. I like Colorado in the West. Milwaukee in the Central. I like the Braves to win the East. Phillies and Nationals wild cards. NL Cy Young, I'm going to go with Jacob DeGrom. Is that who you're going with? Who the hell did I pick? I picked Max Scherzer. Okay. Either one, solid solid uh, option there. And then... Uh, if, if, if DeGrom has a sub, too, I think he's going to win it again. And then... Uh, yeah. Who's your MVP? Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Okay. I will go with Nolan Arenado. Ooh, good pick there. And uh, I like uh, Paul Goldschmidt to finish second. Okay, very good. I have a. I will just pick a Milwaukee Brewer to finish second. Ooh. Bryce Harper um, will maybe crack the top three. Maybe. We didn't talk about Pittsburgh. They're not making the playoffs. Oh, uh, yeah, Chris Archer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Boomstick, uh, Nelson Cruz, was nicknamed the Boomstick. He's had a two run double. So, as poorly as those twins, I like those twins signing last year. They just didn't work out. Lance Flynn and Logan Morrison. Yep. Nelson Cruz, professional goddamn hitter, almost 39 years old. Just hit his 300th career double. 
probably the best offensive player the Twins have ever signed as free agents. Almost had a home run. And how about this Cron guy? Is he going to hit a bunch of home runs? Yeah, he should for Tampa Bay. He only hit like 240, 250. Was that why the Twins signed him? Because Rocco Baldelli really loves him? Sure. I mean, Tampa Bay just got rid of him. He had 30 home runs last year. He just well, got rid of him. Jonathan Scope, second baseman, we'll see. He can hit some home runs. Do you think Tampa Bay gets rid of guys like the Patriots do? Like maybe they know something that the rest of the major leagues don't? It's not like Crone is like this, you know, he's like an average guy. He's easily replaceable. You know, 30 home runs is nice, but everything else is not. He's an average player at best. Um... We didn't talk Pittsburgh, but obviously Chris Archer, we know who he is from Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, another rider-downer guy, Trevor Williams, had a great second half last year. Trevor Williams for Pittsburgh. Um, I think he's going to continue what he did last year. Jameson Tyon, I think he had testicular cancer there a couple of years ago, but he's, he's good. So I, I like their pitchers for, um, like the pitching for... Pittsburgh. So I'm I'm very very excited about this this team. Very excited, more so than usual. About the the Pirates or just the the Major League Baseball it's season in general. Okay. You know, last year the, the American League was kind of boring because you had the three four teams that ran away with it. Um, yep. I, I think it's a lot more competitive this year. Like really, oh, in San Diego, what are they going to do? You know, the mm-hmm. Rockies can they do it again? <laughs> The NL East. It seems like it seems like you know that National League. <laughs> you got three teams in the West. You've got uh, you know three teams in the Central. You've got three or four teams in the East. That you know it wouldn't be a surprise if the Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers, if any of those teams won the division. Like all right, you could see that. Mm-hmm. You no, know, the East. Take it out of a hat. You can't go wrong. Right. So I think it's much much more competitive, unlike last year, unlike the NBA. Uh, you know, Twins, I think Twins are going to be as good as they've been in in 10 years. So uh, that's, that's exciting for me. Absolutely. Well, we will see. We'll, have a, to, we'll talk lots of baseball here throughout the season. NBA playoffs are coming up. NHL playoffs are coming up. NFL drafts coming up. So we'll mix in. We'll sprinkle in the baseball there. But next week, again, we're going to try and get two podcasts in. One uh, uh, after the semifinals uh, on Saturday at the Final Four. And then the uh, National Championship is concluded on Monday night. We'll get our thoughts there. So it'll be college basketball next week. And my friend, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Final Four. Uh, or before then, obviously, we're going to take part in lots of events, or uh, hopefully, uh, Fan Fest and whatnot. And it should be a rip roaring good time, despite the fact that we won't have Zion Williams in there. Hey, the games will be good. We'll see what other extracurriculars that we will do. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. I want to be bold and pick like a raised Twins ALCS or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um,. I forgot I we, we need our World Series picks. World Series picks. I think I had Astros over the Yankees. Same for me. Like, I really like Tampa Bay. Like, I really like Tampa Bay. I'd l- I like, would love to see Tampa Bay in there. You know I always like to cheer for kind of some of these, you know, like, you, shittier teams. Or you like, always, yeah, you've always been on Tampa Bay, and I've been more hesitant. Yep. But with, with, this, with this new shit they're doing, I, I went 100% agreement with that. So, Houston beating the Yankees. Me too. I had 
I'd say St. Louis beat Washington, but goddamn Milwaukee. Um, came so close last year. I had Astros over Cardinals. I'm going to switch it to Astros over Milwaukee. Doggone it, Prince. How come you're... Like, are you really copying what I'm putting down here? I like Will. I mean, Josh Hader's pitching right now. He's, he's great. Yep. I mean, Christian Yelich is killing folks. Um, I would like their starters to be a little better. But... So I'm going to say it's Houston over Milwaukee. So I'm in full agreement with you. Uh, the... The Astros against the Yankees. I'm going to pick the Astros to win. Um, even though I, I kind of want to take the Yankees, but I will pick Houston to win that one. I'm going to have Milwaukee over Philadelphia in the NLCS. And I will have the uh, the Brewers coming out. Brewers, Astros, and I will narrowly go with the Astros, but uh, it could be time for a brew. The Brew Crew could be bringing home the World Series. In October, I think the Twins are going to play the Astros in the year for something different. I think the Astros are going to have the best record. It's going to be Astros, Twins, uh, maybe Yankees, Tampa. So I, I love Tampa Bay. I'm interested to see what San Diego can do here this year, next year. So those are my two teams. Uh, we wrote down some guys that I like. Yep, that's good. Um, so Fernando Tatis Jr. for the Padres, Fran Mel Reyes, Padres, Chris Paddock, Padres, Corbin Burns, Brewers, Caleb Smith, Marlins, Pablo Lopez, Marlins, Sandy Alcantara, Marlins, Pete Alonso, <laughs> Mets, Brandon, is, did you say Nimmo or Minnow? Brandon Nimmo, Mets, he had a good yep. year. You don't have to write him down, but yeah, that was, yeah, I yeah. Aranola for the Phillies, Chris Archer for the Pirates, Nelson Cruz for the oh, Twins, yeah. Trevor Williams for the Pirates. That's what I got. Sure. Some of the, some of the lesser known guys is what I'm going for. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a good list there. So, Very good. I those guys, those guys should, uh, should suffice right now for maybe a, a couple of lesser known guys on that list. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. We're happy for it. And um, baseball's here, so that's, that's what we'll be doing. Very good. And uh, we will be doing Final Four stuff this weekend. Again, podcast there, so uh, looking forward to that. And I will see you this weekend. Anything else before we say so long? Should be it. WrestleMania. We'll see how much of that we watch or don't watch. And um, we'll have some podcasts, so I'll get those out. Excuse mm-hmm. me, a lot of news. And um, yeah, playoffs coming up here soon. So, and the NFL well, draft. Don't forget the NFL draft. Can I forget? Can I forget? <laughs> oh, apparently oh, they, they released their hats. These hats are horrendous. Yes, These yes, hats are horrendous. The Usually bra- they all have uniform hats. Yep, they look the same. These are all different. There's a couple of good ones. I guess they wanted to incorporate the, the state flag. They're bad. The, they the, are the, the Browns and the Vikings are two of the worst. I would say. Well, that should be horrendous. It's in our favorite city. So Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll just, here's my one NFL drafting a month. I think Kyler Murray's going to be an exceptional quarterback. So. I would agree. Cardinals are going to get you a like, good one in him. That's for sure. We like, uh, like Baker Mayfield last year. He turned out well. I think we like Kyler Murray this year. Excellent. Well, we'll be talking about that. Everybody else.
Right, so we'll be talking about that uh, leading up to it. And uh, again, Final Four this weekend, so looking forward to that. Baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs starting uh, up, so we'll be talking about that in the upcoming weeks as well. But uh, my friend, I will see you this weekend. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll see you in, uh, in the big city. All right, very good. Thank you, Grins. Travis Krenz joined us here, Sports Block Podcast. And yes, so again, the plan is uh, we'll, we'll be at the Final Four. So if you're there, come see us. Charles Barkley, I want to I want to meet Charles Barkley. I'd love to meet Jay Billis. Those are the two that I want to meet the most. That's unlikely going to happen. I take Brian or uh, you know Greg Gumble as well and uh, Ernie Johnson. I want to meet some of these guys. Maybe unlikely. It's very unlikely, but uh, uh, Charles Barkley, a man of the people, sign some autographs. Come on, Charles. I want to meet you. Um, very bad. I'll maybe reach out on Twitter. Anyway, you can find this. Uh, you can listen to this podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast. It's where all of our podcasts are. Also follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. We do plan to have two podcasts next week. One recapping the semifinals, kind of what we've done so far at the Final Four Saturday, and then another one uh, Monday after the championship game. And uh, we'll recap that, recap our time in uh, Minneapolis at the Final Four. So those will be out early next week. So definitely pay attention for those. So uh, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Plenty to get to here in the upcoming weeks after next week's uh Final four editions, we will have um, uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs to talk about, baseball, of course, NFL draft. So Jeff Lloyd II from the Lockdown Browns podcast will be making several appearances this month. We'll have Marcus Traxler on to preview the NHL playoffs. Um, he is our Barry Melrose, of course. And then uh, you know we're going to try and get an SDSU podcast out in the next couple of weeks to uh, recap the season. So Matt Zimmer, hopefully... Um, from the Argus Leader will be kind enough to join us there for that. So, again, multiple podcasts next week. Final Four uh, related, of course. And so, for uh, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken, Facebook, Nathan Stacken, podcast on iTunes as well, The Sports Block. So, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of The Sports Block Podcast. We'll talk to you next week from Minneapolis and the Final Four. This has been another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a good week, everyone. Enjoy the final four.